You're listening to Preaching Source, a ministry of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's School of Preaching. I'm your host, Professor Barry McCarty. Our guest on Preaching Source today is Dr. John Avant. He is the president of Life Action Ministries. Uh, he's also a, uh, a graduate of Southwestern Seminary, and it was when he was working on his Ph.D. here uh, that he began to uh, become a deep student of spiritual awakening and revival. And uh, today we want to talk to him about the SBC and evangelists. Uh, John, welcome to Preaching Source. Thank you so much. Uh, Southern Baptists have uh, historically made great use of professional evangelists for revivals and special events with evangelistic emphases, uh, but that's you know that that seems to ebb and flow. But but that's certainly a part of our history. What why is that part of Southern Baptist history? What is it about us that that makes the evangelist uh, such a part of our ethos? Yes, well. You know, I know we'll probably discuss it's a biblical, biblical um, office, I believe, but we also have a, a history and a heritage of, uh, of revival in this country, um, and, and much of the time, although uh, not all the time, um, the key leaders in those movements um, were, were not local church pastors at that time. So we we see uh, you know men like Whitfield and 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 Wesley and and Moody and others and we could we could continue um, to to name names um, that were uh, in, incredible evangelists and that was their primary calling and and what we have seen is God has used those men both in evangelism um, and also in revival among the people of God and many of those were not famous people. Um, at Cane Ridge in, uh, uh, in 18, what, 1801, I believe, um, you know, 25,000 people gathered at camp meetings. There were people preaching everywhere, and we don't know a lot of their names. So I think it's been a historical part of uh, the experience of the moving of God in our country. Many historians that may not even be Christians recognize that without the role of evangelists um, in the uh, Great Awakenings, uh, of our country, we may not have become a country. Um, Whitfield's often called America's first celebrity, um, for inst- instance, preached personally, I believe, to 80% of the population of the colonies, personally. N- never will be repeated. Uh, and so that's very much a part of the ethos, not only of Southern Baptists, but of our whole nation, even even beyond the realm of, of Christians. Hmm. Uh, th- over the last few years, there there seems to have been a decline in uh, in evangelists, or at least you know people who are dedicated to the full time work of evangelism in in Southern Baptist life. What what's contributed to that decline, and and how do we reverse that? Yeah, I think it's a few things. Um, our culture has definitely um, shifted, uh, and the uh, uh, you know the the there's no more cultural pressure for instance, to go to church. In fact, there's cultural pressure not to go to church in a lot of parts of our, of our country. We're viewed as intolerant, etc. And so most evangelists are saying, don't just come to church, um, come four days in a row or seven, eight days in a row. At Life Action, we, we have two-week events sometimes. We have four-day events, one-week of it, two-week events. Uh, we're always stunned churches will still do two-week events, and, and yet they do. But it's, it's certainly fewer. Um, and so pastors often say, wow, I, I'd like to have an evangelist, but I don't think our people will come. 
Um, I also think um, we, we're not seeing um, widespread revival in this country, but we are in other countries. Uh, and so uh, without that ethos of revival that I mentioned earlier, um, the, uh, uh, there's not that natural attention on evangelists. Um, but I, I do think that, uh, that there is a desperation growing in, the, in, in Western Christianity today. We're seeing it at Life Action. Um, it's probably a little harder to schedule churches than it was before, but um, we're, we're not finding it impossible by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, we're scheduling into uh, fall of 2020 even some churches. Um, I think we're seeing churches that are desperate now are saying, we're not sure we can do this all internally. We, we may need help from people who uh, all they think about every day is how can we help churches in the short term rather than the pastor who's there for the long term. Um, we're also seeing churches who are not in a desperate place, but in a very good place and are saying, you know what? We're realizing we're here because at some point God brought us to a holy pause where we stopped and God did something, not us, God did something. Maybe that should become a regular part of our church if we want to stay in a healthy place. And so we're, we're seeing um, more healthy churches saying, you know, we need, we need life action to come in um, as, um, as well. So I think we can, it, it, we can turn the trend, but it also is going to require creativity and um, probably asking questions like, all right, does this church need an evangelist to come in and almost evangelize their people, which we're really saying this church needs revival? That's probably different today than saying, does this church need an evangelist to come in and take time to help them reach the lost? Um, our primary role at Life Action is to help a church become evangelistic by experiencing revival. But if I were asked to come, and occasionally I still am, to help a church primarily reach lost people, I would point that church externally much more. I would probably say, okay, let's meet a couple of times, and then let's get out of the building, and let's plan some things way in advance where we can um, more readily know that we're going to have impact on lost people because fewer and fewer lost people are waking up now and saying, hmm, my life's not going well. I should go to church. Uh, they, they turn a lot of other places before they turn to us. So we've got to go to them. And that's kind of our original call anyway. We're the church's ecclesia, the called out ones, not the called in ones. So I'm not even sure that's an unhealthy trend. But I think evangelists will have to think more about um, how do we get into the culture instead of expecting them to come to us. Hmm. Uh, in Ephesians 4, uh, evangelist is one of the offices that are, are is listed as being given to the church. And, and Paul writes to his young protege Timothy and encourages him to do the work of an evangelist. It, uh, are those New Testament uh, ideas of an evangelism, uh, an evangelist and the work of an evangelist, are, are those the same as our modern conception of evangelists, or how are they the same? How are they different? Yeah, I, I think they are, although sometimes I think it's incomplete. Um, for instance, I think most Southern Baptists, most evangelicals probably don't think of a, um, of a missionary as bearing the, the office of the evangelist. But I would say, well, that they, they probably do, or, or, 
or at least should. Um, if somebody says to me, I'm, I'm, I'm called to be a missionary, I'm assuming they don't mean I'm, I'm just called to go make sure um, people um, have more food to eat and clean water to drink. Those are incredible, great commandment things we should be about. But if they drink clean water and eat good food, they're still going to die without Jesus if the missionary is not an evangelist. And so, for instance, one of my um, favorite evangelists of our day, which many of your listeners will know the name, is Sammy Tippett. Um, but Sammy Tippett has largely um, become a missionary as well as an evangelist. And he probably travels overseas less than he ever did um, because he's become creative and learned to use the technology God has allowed us to have. And he'll sit in his living room and Skype to places all over the world to thousands of people and then has people on the ground to follow up, plant churches. Man, that is the work of an evangelist. So is that the same office as the biblical office? I believe so. But does that mean um, that we should be doing it the same way as we did it in the 50s? No. Uh, we didn't do it in the 50s the way we did it in the New Testament. So we, I think an evangelist needs to function as a missionary. So he needs to say, Lord, what field are you calling me to today, this week, this year, or this season of my life? I need to understand this field, and I need to adjust to the culture of it without compromising the word the way Paul did in Athens and goes to Ephesus and does something completely different, but brought the same message. I think evangelists have to be missionaries, and missionaries have to be evangelists to be effective today. Mm. Now, we... We, as pastors, we, we speak about our, our call, a, a call to ministry, a call to preach. Is there a distinctive call to, to become an evangelist? I, I think there is. Um, I think usually, though not all the time, those calls are, are connected at some point. Um, I, I think most of the best uh, evangelists, or I might use the word revivalist, that's what I would use probably to, to define my role and calling right now. Uh, I'm sharing Christ probably more than I did when I was a pastor these days. Um, I have plenty of opportunity as I travel, but I'm primarily a revivalist who off, also functions as an evangelist. Um, but I, I think that I'm able to understand my role as a revivalist and evangelist better because I was a pastor. Certainly not all evangelists or revivalists um, have been pastors, but um, I think at Life Action we're realizing the value of having at least some uh, like me on our team who have been pastors. Um, for me, um, my call to be a pastor um, was after really my call to mission and ministry. Um, when the Lord saved me shortly after that, um, he gave me something of an Isaiah 6 call where I just, I just sensed him saying, uh, will you go for me? Will this be all your life, nothing else? Will this be how you live? And my answer was yes. For a while, I thought it was student ministry. For a while, I thought it was worship ministry. I didn't know. I just, I just knew that I had answered a call. And I think, I, think that, I think that may be a good way for us to approach the idea of a call um, because we don't want to get stuck in a place where we think God can't change the nature, the specifics, rather, of our call. Uh, the DNA of our call will likely remain the same. But um, a year and a half ago, I'm um, pastoring a 
6,000-member church in Knoxville, Tennessee, and um, God put a deep unrest in my wife and I's heart. Um, and at the Billy Graham Center where I was preaching to a revival conference, we knelt and said, Lord, we are yours. You have called us. But if the specifics of our call are not what we're doing right now, even here in our 50s, we say yes. Lord, what do you want us to do? And my life is as different as I could have, could have possibly imagined. I don't know that I could have imagined two years ago how different my life would be now. My calling, the DNA of it is the same. But I spend 250 days a year on the road now leading a, a team of missionaries instead of a local church. I had to be open to God shifting that call. Um, but I think it would help a pastor or an evangelist or a revivalist to regularly um, say, Lord, however you called me in the first place, I want to reiterate my answer is yes. Just, just plain yes. And if that ever means a change in the specifics of my call, I want you to know my yes is on the table. I think that would help in this discussion. My yes is on the table. I love that. Uh, John, is there a particular temperament or skill set that might be clues to, uh, to someone that, that God has wired them to be an evangelist or is calling them to be an evangelist? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, the, the pastorate is a different animal. I did it 35 years. I'm so grateful and thankful. But the, in, the, in, the, in the pastorate, you know, obviously you're centered in one place and one location. I think when the Lord um, gives you a longing um, to see him at work in various places, then that's obviously a sign that he may be uh, working in that way. I, I've always had that um, in my first early—now uh, I can look back now that I'm a, a revivalist and evangelist rather than a pastor. I look back and I see it. I see it in my, uh, as soon as the Lord called me to ministry, I wanted to know, I mean, as soon as the Lord saved me, I wanted to know, well, why couldn't I go out and, and, and share the gospel with people? Well, you can. Okay. And I went out on the streets of Hendersonville, North Carolina, and just started talking to people about Jesus. Um, I didn't really know why you shouldn't do that. And later I found out, wow, lots of people um, come to Christ and are called to ministry and really have more of a sense to settle in one place and teach those people. Um, even when I was doing that, any, any church I've ever served, um, whether they liked me as pastor or not, they knew I was going to call them to mission and evangelism. And usually the ones that liked the ministry were those that, that felt most comfortable with that call. And so I, I, would, I would say um, a pastor who also finds tremendous joy in ministering more to leaders than he does um, to those who are not leaders, maybe sensing God shifting that call toward evangelism. Obviously, um, in this life I have in this last 13 months as president of Life Action, um, almost everybody I work directly with are leaders. Uh, we have you know 300 missionaries at Life Action I work with, um, pastors, pastors, and more pastors, other evangelists, missionaries that we serve overseas. And um, when I was a pastor, man, my office door was, we tried to keep it open, and it was more often than not broken people, broken people, broken people, broken people. I loved that, but at least in this season of life, God has said your primary call is leaders. Mentor leaders, encourage leaders, help leaders, and then go into those churches and help those pastors to lead their people 
um, toward revival. So some of those things as a pastor or a young, uh, young person begins to consider them may be leading them toward uh, being an evangelist or a revivalist. Mm-hmm. Our guest on Preaching Source today has been Dr. John Avant. He's the president of Life Action Ministries, and uh, we've been talking about the SBC and evangelism and revival. John, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, brother. It's been great.